0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. My name is Scott Chaloner and you join us on a cloudy day here in the capital as once again we bring together a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First and foremost on this morning's programme, I'm delighted to be joined by Georgina Elizabeth Nutton. Georgina is the head teacher at Preston Park Primary School, a school which welcomes children aged 2 to 11 based in the London Borough of Brent. Uh, Georgina, a very warm welcome to yourself and thank you ever so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Hi.
0: It's a real pleasure having you on the airwaves with us. Um, Usually, we would dive into the subjective leadership and really bring that into focus. But just considering the ongoing COVID-19 situation, let's start there. Um, I'm sure you'll agree with me in the sense that it has proven to be one of the most significant challenges for leaders of our time. But how has it affected you and the school over the last few months?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, a very different demand on leadership and thinking uh, about leadership of, of schools. COVID affected every sphere of school life. Before it was even announced that schools had to close, we were putting in place very comprehensive business continuity plan to ensure that our, education, our educational offer would be able to continue for our children as we went into lockdown. Um, Mobilising the team overnight, that's um a new way of working, working from home, how we put our le how we changed how we worked as the leadership team really to enable that to happen and enable that continuity of service. That's a credit really to the incredible team that we have here at Preston park, very resilient and versatile workforce that adapted quite quickly. We were able to be flexible um we introduced our new remote learning. Which is online, and that was actually really well received by our community, and it hit over ten thousand users around the world that so we were able to log on and use our learning resources, which was fantastic. Um, but it was so different. And then thinking about how we're reopening and how we're reopening safely places very different demand on on our our thinking and looking at all of the new. Particularly with policy making, the new policies, the new systems, new structures, how we're going to make our workplace COVID friendly to enable the children to come out, come back. And I'm really pleased to say the children have bounced back into school, had one of the best Starts back to September. In terms of all of the planning and the processes, have been absolutely watertight to enable the children to come in. It is different. It's a very different environment. We've got social distancing. We've got one-way systems. We have bubbles that can't mix and can't cross. So that the logistics of running lunchtime and all of the other elements to the school day timetable have been adapted. Um, and and our teachers have done exceptionally well to. Enable their, to, to, to adapt to how they're delivering the curriculum as well to enable the school to maintain our excellent standards and to enable to offer the full, broad and balanced curriculum. We've only had to make a few minor adaptations to the curriculum. But because our children bounce back in so well, we've been able to continue with that.
0: It's certainly encouraging to hear that the children have taken well to returning to school, because I understand that there were a lot of concerns, particularly around the mental health and well-being of pupils, the impact it would have on that when they did return to this new environment. Um, so you found on that side of things that it's holding up quite well, and that's very much still a priority going forward, I can imagine, isn't it? Just safeguarding that well-being. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. So well-being, mental health, Absolutely, and safeguarding hugely high priority on our agenda. And that, that's not changed. Even throughout lockdown, when our teachers were delivering their learning online, we were keeping in touch with our families. We were open for our key workers and our children and the families that needed us at most. We had a very thorough wellbeing package that we offer to all of our families, which includes our really good partnership with place to be which offers them. For children, and we were able to have a really proactive response to where families were identifying that they may have been affected by COVID in a particular way. We were then able to bespoke to them to based on 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 what they needed, Um, and that's carried on really throughout for our for our reopening, and. Having the children back in school, we're able to do much more pastoral work with them as well to really look at their behaviour, their routines, and um, how we're helping them come to terms with this new normal as well.
0: That's um, certainly very uh, good to uh, to hear. And um, thinking about sort of how the school has adapted over the uh, the lockdown period, of course, you talked about the, uh, the remote learning very briefly there. Do you see that becoming a permanent fixture in the way that the school provides education in future in the sense that a lot of homework now could be interactive, perhaps going forward, even though schools are now essentially back in earnest?
1: Absolutely. We are going to have to use this opportunity of innovation to think about how that happens. As a school we are, we're keeping our online learning going. Um, Throughout, even when we're teaching in school, it will still be up for the children that are isolating. We're also looking at moving towards an interactive platform. So should there be um, a second lockdown where we are not able to have the children in school, they will have live teaching that's able to take place during that period. Um, And I think looking really, what's really good, I think, about where we are now is you are disenfranchised as a child growing up in the 21st century without the internet. And it's made us all very much aware of who's got access and who hasn't. And I'm really pleased to see that the government are um, looking at initiatives to get get children laptops, get children access to the internet at home. I think that needs to be really high on our agenda to think, Every child needs to have access and be able to um, engage online safely. Mm,
0: I think that's absolutely right. And if we just shift focus ever so slightly now, just to sort of address leadership that little bit more broadly... so often when i have guests on this uh, program they tell me that they feel a leader's role is to be able to inspire and to motivate people now leaders have become very very self-aware and have been really burdened with that pressure during this time haven't they because not only have they had to keep people motivated amid all the uncertainty but they've also had to provide reassurance to people during this time when the information out there isn't always clear let's say now when you are feeling the pressure in a situation such as this and as a leader you need a little bit of inspiration for yourself and there isn't really anybody above you to refer to as such where is it that you tend to look to for inspiration and direction when you need it
1: um so absolutely i good question i think that one thing that's been really supportive to me going through the pandemic is that local authority have been really spot on with their communication mm. and bringing her teachers together and giving the information, even, even if they don't necessarily know anything in advance of what's coming out live from, um, Street, they're able to give perspectives and clarity and just have that reassurance to teachers to say we know this is tough we know you're making lots of decisions and we are supporting you with that and having that support and something else that's been really good that's come out of this is our cluster group we have a cluster group for our head teachers we've all become um, closer we're collaborating more and able to bounce ideas off each other share stories and just work together through um through through this so i say work, my colleague head teachers has really um supported supported me in that and having that inspiration from others and looking at other schools and thinking okay that's working really well that's really good let's share that so and, and also for us being able to share our best practice we've really enjoyed say okay this is work and, and sharing that with other schools
0: so certainly from what you've told me there, it seems as if that even though it has been a very challenging and a very sensitive period for many people, there have been some real positives to take out from this in the sense that communication has improved, there's a lot more sharing of best practices you say there, um, but also there's a sense of national unity that's sort of come about them as a result of this, we're all in this together, and it's forced some real advancements and innovations as well along the way.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we are now in that space where we continue to balance the legitimate anxieties of the community with our responsibility to discharge our, our duty and provide our children with the world-class education that they, they deserve and that they need. And going through this, we need to look at the new, the, the new ways of working that have come out of COVID to capitalise and embrace on That that, So the high stakeholder engagement, keeping that going, strong collaborative partnership working, keeping that going, um, access and having our children with access online and and making the online resources really good, continuing with that and looking at how we do adapt to to not having it centralised all the time
0: so there 's an interesting future certainly, on the uh, horizon for education provision for sure, um, and I do want to focus on that just before we do wrap things up on the program this morning, Georgina because i 'm conscious that we are running out of time. Um, what do you feel the long term effect of this pandemic is going to be on education as a whole, and with regards to um, Preston Park specifically? Where do you really see the school being in 12 months' time and what is it that you're hoping to achieve over this sort of next year as we get to grips with this new normal?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like at the moment, truly, we don't know what the long-term effects of COVID-19 will be. Um, and that's our school, for the business, for the economy, for society as a whole. And that will play out, I think, throughout, hopefully by the, by, the by the end of this year, we'll have a much clearer picture particularly with the vaccines and the thing and where, where hopefully we're going to be in a much better, better position. Um, For Preston Park, it's about, we're bringing our community together. So it's regrouping as a community. Morale is really high and the children are bouncing back in. So we want to keep that, we want to keep that up. Um, We are looking at how we, continue to diversify and innovate our curriculum in this new climate and lots of our children have made phenomenal progress being at home with their parents because their fa- families and their parents really engaged with the online learning and spent a lot of time reading with their children it's had a, a good impact to support their children progress so so that's being phenomenal but we need to capitalize on that and build on that and support where there are gaps in learning because we've already identified lots of gaps coming in um, and using our analysis to really look at our catch-up program how we are going to make sure that every child ends at the end of this year having made um, accelerated progress to make up for time lost as a team that's what we're working on at the moment.
0: And I certainly wish you all of the luck in the world in really making those endeavors um, come true, I suppose. And just before I do uh, let you go, Georgina, just for those younger generations of uh, listeners who may be tuning into this, who may be aspiring leaders themselves within their respective fields, um, what advice, based on your experience, would you have to give them during a time like this to really get them on the road to success?
1: I would say absolutely continue with your aspirations to. Go into um, school leadership; it's the most rewarding um, position and, and role, I think, that you can do. And it, if you hold your values close to your heart and you lead, lead as you, and don't be afraid to lead as you, then morally and ethically, you're always going to do the right thing, and you'll be an inspiration to your own community and to the community that you serve. So, really, just focus on not being afraid to lead as yourself, being brave and keeping, your, keeping values driven.
0: I think that's incredibly sound and inspiring advice. Indeed, that authenticity, as you say, there is so, so important. Um, Georgina, it's been a real, real pleasure having you joining us on the, uh, the programme today. And I thank you once again for the time taken to join us. And I think it would be wonderful to catch up at some point in the next year and have you back on the show with us just to see how things are coming along.
1: Yep, thank you. Excellent. i love to.
0: I'd certainly welcome that opportunity. Thank you once again. And most importantly, until we do touch base in future, hopefully, please do continue to take care and stay safe with all still going on, because as yesterday's announcement from the Prime Minister showed, we're certainly not out of the woods with this one yet.
1: Absolutely. And you. Thank
0: you. I would also reiterate that message to all of our listeners. Do please continue to look after yourselves and others during this time because it does make a real, real difference in saving lives. I was speaking on today's programme to Georgina Elizabeth-Nutton, headteacher at Preston Park Primary School in Brent. Coming up next on the programme today, we'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with former Education Secretary and incumbent Leaders' Council Chairman, Lord Blunkett. Um, Lord Blunkett enjoyed a distinguished political career despite being blind from birth, having served as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 28 years and serving in a number of senior roles in Tony Blair's cabinet. He was elevated to the House of Lords in August 2015 and remains a member of the Upper House of Parliament to date. I do hope that you all enjoy listening, just as much as Matthew relished the opportunity to speak with him, and that is coming up next.
2: Lord Blunkett, welcome.
3: Therefore, they're thinking about more productive, if you like, greater productivity ways of delivering the same service or delivering the same products. And in that sense, I think we'll have temporarily at least very much higher unemployment than we've become used to. But we'll probably have a burst of productivity, Mm -hmm. which will help with the recovery whether it will help with the inequity of the way in which our economy is imbalanced, both between services and product, productivity and the production of goods and services, I'm not sure. What we will need to try and do is to ensure that the geographic imbalance that exists is, as far as humanly possible, is dealt with by both uh, the entrepreneurship and innovation from the bottom up and targeted government help which will still be needed, and we are now in the throes of the kind of borrowing that we saw back in 2008 to save the banking and economic system. We're we're having to do that to save the whole of our productive business and Mm -hmm. commerce, and I think that will have to be sustained for some time.
2: Do you feel that people will take a second look at global supply chains in the wake of this outbreak?
3: I think there's going to be much more creative ways of using local